Tom Bernard Show with co-host Catherine Brandt, Andy Brandt-Bernard, Alex Brandt-Bernard-Rasmussen, Mike Molina, Tevin Pittman. Now we're talking the full crew is here. Huh? Ah, thanks for not Pittman. saying Motley. Ah. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. Walzer Automotive Group started in Minnesota over 60 years ago. Most people know something about the Walzer way. Upfront, no haggle pricing, work with one person from start to finish, or the free lifetime powertrain warranty on most vehicles sold in Minnesota. What you might not know is they are the only automotive group that is a member of the Keystone Club. They join such great Minnesota companies as General Mills, Target, Cargill, the Twins, Wolves, and Vikings in pledging 5% pre-tax profits to local charities. It's a great example of their core values. Do the right thing, display positive energy, be open-minded, and lead by example. So if you're in the market for a new or used car, check out walzer.com or stop into one of their dealerships. Please don't say, tell them Tommy sent you, because it sounds fake and I hate it. Walzer Automotive Group. Walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. We used to love peanut butter. Still do. I saw something in the store the other day that I don't understand, that peanut butter and jelly in the same jar. Is there a point to that? I mean, I mean I'm lazy, but I want to meet the guy that needs that. Some guy going, you know, I could go for a sandwich, but uh, I'm not going to open two jars. I can't be opening and closing all kinds of jars. <laughs> all kinds of jars. Who was that? It's uh, Brian Reagan. Oh, Brian Reagan, yeah. He's very funny. (laughs) He's a pretty amazing story because a lot of people don't even know who he is. I don't know who he is. Isn't that unbelievable? A lot of people do not know who Brian Reagan is. Never heard of him. Because he's never... Is he ever on TV? Uh, I think he's got a comedy special on Comedy Central. Or he did one. I've seen him on TV. I don't know any TV shows, but I've definitely seen him doing stand-up on TV before. But... But he didn't do any acting or anything like no, that. I don't think so. But, by the way, happy National Peanut Butter and Jelly Day. Ah. Uh, oh, it's National Peanut Butter and Jelly Day? Yeah. Well, you can take the April peanut butter 2nd. and jelly in the same jar and take it a step further <laughs> and just get an Uncrustable where <laughs> it's already made. And they already cut the crust off. And they cut the crust off either. and you just eat it. Jeez. Then you just eat it and you're good to go. Boom. <laughs> 
Nope. Uh oh, Winnie Mandela's dead. Yep. Who? Winnie Mandela. Oh, really? You know Nelson Mandela. Yeah. Oh, really? Win, uh, Winnie Mandekizela Mandela, the former wife of South Africa's Nelson Mandela, an anti-apartheid activist in her own right, has died at age 81, hmm. reports the BBC. The two were married nearly 40 years, though Nelson Mandela was in prison for 30 of those years. They divorced in 1996. What does that say about your personality when somebody's been in jail for 30 of the 40 years you're married, they get out of jail and divorce you immediately? <laughs> I'm mean, thinking about that. And she's someone yeah, I can say changed. I'm not sad that she's gone. Andy. Andy. She put. She used to put tires over people's heads and, and set them, them on, on fire. fire. Yeah, she did. She she. Uh, what's she it was called a again? Necklace. Necklacing. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah, she, she was a bad person. Well, clearly yeah, Andy well, killed her. Right. I think we yeah. all know that now. She was happy when she died. And <laughs> racist. Six, racist Andy. Sixteen years from now, when you get inducted in the Minnesota Broadcasting <laughs> Hall of Fame, Andy, I'm leaving a bad comment on you. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> that's <Wait, laughs> a bad comment. I'm gonna feel that way when I, Yoko Ono dies. I'm gonna be like. Phew. Good she's annoying. I don't know about. I mean, she's uh, not a bad person. She's just annoying. Let's get off the being happy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, see, oh, even your children have been ruined by you. That'll be that'll be the next thing. My, you've ruined your children. Catherine must hate you. Yeah. Okay. I'm good. Everything's good. Don't worry about a thing. But Willie, you know, Winnie Mandela is dead at 81 years old. Uh, I thought I'd. Throw that one out there. What is Mark Zuckerberg going on and on about now? He's all whipped up about something. There is one guy who should go to prison for what he did. I don't even know what he did. What happened? Basically just giving it. He he only printed news on Facebook that he wanted you to see. He used your information. About the election. Yeah, things Ah, like that. okay. I mean, so if everybody's up in arms about the Russians doing all of this stuff, what's the difference? Yeah, no one cares about this. Yeah, what is the difference? Very odd. Has Facebook become too big to manage and too dangerous when it fails, muses Vox co-founder Ezra Klein in introducing an interview released Monday with Facebook chief Mark Zuckerberg. And one of the topics in that chat makes Zuckerberg bristle. A recent slam by Apple CEO Tim Cook, described by Business Insider as a longtime frenemy of Zuckerberg. Uh, he could make a ton of money if we monetized our customer. If our customer was our product, we've elected not to do that, Cook said in an interview with Recode and MSNBC, set to be released this week. Cook added that he wouldn't uh, be in this situation if he were the head of Facebook, and that social media giant needs to be more than self-regulation at this point. They need more than self-regulation. In the wake of recent controversies over fake news, electoral interference, privacy violations, and a broad backlash to smartphone addiction, I'm telling you, he should go to prison. Mark Zuckerberg should Zuckerberg should go to prison for what he did. It's not going to happen because he donates to the right people. Yeah, probably true. Zuckerberg tells Klein that Cook's remarks were extremely glib and not aligned with the truth, per Vox. I think it's important that we don't get all Stockholm Syndrome and let the companies that work hard to charge you more convince you that they actually care more about you, Zuckerberg says, because that sounds ridiculous to me. Well, I have a question for you. Uh, Did you print fake news? Yes. Was there electoral interference by Facebook? Yes, there was. Have you invaded people's and violated people's privacy? Yes, you have. So uh, how can you even argue this? 
I don't go on Facebook. I don't go on Twitter. I haven't done it in five years. Those people disgust me. Oh, Alex, you, I, know, I know you like Instagram probably now more than Facebook, but that's right? that's owned by Facebook. But yes. now it's owned by... Yes. Yeah. So that's... It's, in the privacy, to go. the privacy violations and stuff. So Instagram will have the ads that as you scroll through your feed. Mm-hmm. And so after I went and saw Black Panther, I started getting seeing these like Black Panther like phone cases and merchandise oh, ads. Yeah. And so right. there was there was Jeez. a uh, there was a phone case that I was like, oh that looks cool, I'm gonna get that. But I couldn't find the ad. And so I just like went online and Googled, started Googling Black Panther. And then went back to Instagram, and the ad was the it first one up. that popped oh up. God. And I was like, this there is crazy. So it is really it's crazy. It's creepy, but I, I think know. it was useful for this. Yeah. And Instagram yeah. isn't, there's not nearly as much like, I just want to share my opinion about everything. Yep. And like, let me tell you how yeah. I feel about this. Instagram yeah, just kind of like, that's true. here's my cat eating a Cheeto. And like, right. whatever, you know, <laughs> it's much more lighthearted yeah. and yeah. like, easy to deal with whereas facebook yeah oh, it still is. Yes. yeah it's all it's more it's more about photos than it is commentary yes. yeah yeah because it's like if you just wanted to randomly post how you felt about donald trump it'd be like kind of weird to you'd have to like post a picture of him oh, really? and then well so that's good right about i don't know yeah. it'd be strange it's just, you just don't see obnoxious stuff as much on instagram well, if I ever go back to social media, well, I won't go to Instagram because Mark Zuckerberg owns and I can't stand him. And how about Snapchat? I still don't understand how to even use Snapchat. I have tried. I downloaded it twice. I tried to figure it out. I don't get it. I give up. I'm done. <laughs> there, that's... But that's basically the same thing as Instagram, No, no right? it is not. No, Snapchat oh. is like you post, like, or you take a picture and then it's like a 24-hour window and then it goes away forever. But just like, but the, you can keep it. But yeah, you can well. keep it. But it's mostly for the here's what I'm doing at this instant, and if you want to see how my day is going. Which Instagram Stories is like that, and mm-hmm. I post on Stories yeah. a lot, just like random things Fawn and I are doing or whatever. But it, like Snapchat, it's like you can send it to like all these different groups, and you can have all these things going on, and then you can just send it to one person, and it's like. 3,000 filters, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't have time for this. It's really confusing. And it just doesn't seem very user-friendly yeah. because it was made for, like, sexting originally. Oh, it was? Yeah. Yes. Basically. They don't. They wouldn't admit it, but yeah. Oh. Absolutely. Yeah. And so really? it's not really set up like, oh, share photos for fun with friends. It's kind of just, like, confusing and a little shady. I don't know. Oh. So well, kind of like my life, confusing so, and shady. So there's really no platform other than LinkedIn <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that isn't, uses LinkedIn you know, anymore. Not at all. People, are you kidding me? I get messages from there all the time. All it's, the time. it's mostly, it's business stuff is what yeah. it is. Yeah, it's not like. Like if you're looking for a job, LinkedIn is a good place to be. Yes. Yeah, no, they're talking about things that are popular for like 30 and under. Yeah. Well, I'm just Snapchat and Instagram, they're especially like around 20. So there's no other platform. You you can't get away from Zuckerberg, really, unless I mean, you're going to use Snapchat. Just yeah, and there's get a, off social media. There's a lot of other social media platforms that are smaller and are trying to get their foot in the door. But, yeah, Facebook and Instagram, Instagram and Twitter yeah. have such a hold on everything. That well, what happens to them is they just got... They just buy them. Yes. Right. So Twitter is dying, even though even though uh, Trump uh, bumped it up for a couple of years. Twitter's dying again. I think so. Good. I think most people don't use Twitter yeah. as much anymore. I haven't anymore looked at Twitter in like four years, probably. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, it was almost dead, and then the, then Trump uh, kept tweeting everything, and then, I don't know. So, so now it's dying again, huh? 
Yeah, I think so. Personally, I liked it better because I thought it was really super easy to use. And I liked the fact that there couldn't be a long, drawn-out commentary. Right, right. And that you could just, you know, follow whoever and it would just, I don't know, it just seemed to be more user-friendly. I could see that. On Twitter, uh, Instagram is basically Twitter, but with pictures. Like, it's super easy. Mm -hmm. You can follow anybody. Yeah, there's Anybody really nothing can follow special you, about it. I don't unless know you have like I have, I have my profile on private, so I have to like approve people to follow me because I post tons of pictures of fun and stuff, and I'm like I don't need random people looking at my daughter. Right. But right. yeah, you can follow like celebrities. You can follow anyone as long as their profile isn't private, and you just yeah post pictures, and then you can write a little something about it, and then yeah, so it's easy. I'll just stay off it all for good. I, I do a text now. I, I never texted until probably about six months ago. But well, I, don't I do think, text now. I don't think anybody assumes a man in his 60s is going to be like no. hopping on Instagram. So I think no. it's fine if you... Like I said, it's uh, Joey it's Anderson's on there all the time. Oh, yes, is he? he is. Oh, yeah, yes. celebrities, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of you have to be like on social media eye. if you're a celebrity. Mm-hmm. I suppose. Last year, three schoolboys stumbled on a man trying to hang himself off a bridge. Now they've been awarded by a British charity for saving the man's life, the Sun reports. If ever there was a story to balance up the bad ones, this is it, says Andrew Chapman, secretary of the Royal Human Human Society, which awards brave acts that save human life. These three excelled themselves. Devontae Kafferkey... 13, Sean Young, 13, and Sammy Farah, 14, were walking home from school last September in Waltham Cross, England, when they saw a 21-year-old man outside a bridge safety area ready to jump with a rope around his neck. Two of the boys grabbed his legs while Sean ran for help. He found Joanne Stammers, 47. Oh, don't give... Change your last name. Your last name is Stammers? Why does she stammer? I don't know. Um, who took over for the boys despite being disabled with a blood-clotting disease. Good God! Um, The man just didn't want to live anymore. He was crying, and I said to him, please don't do this to us. And he said, then go and just leave me. The more he moved around, the tighter the rope got. Soon uh, someone else showed up, and eventually the would-be jumper came down, allowing the three boys to head home. Devante's mother, Jacqueline Kafferke, says her son was traumatized but feels relieved that the man is recovering. He does not want to talk about it. It's been hard, she says. I am filled with pride. I keep telling him he saved someone's life, and I hope he realizes that now. What a thing to have happen. Yeah, ugh. How old are they? Joe from Louisville. Did, how old are they? 13, 13, say, and 14. 13? Yeah. yeah, that's like, yeah, young. Jeez. Mm-hmm. It was very good. Joe from Louisville just texted me, Michael Bryant and I thank you for learning how to text. <laughs> it wasn't that I needed to learn how to text. I just didn't want to do it. I still find it rather impersonal, but it is very, very efficient. It is. Just, just it is efficient, so that's why I started doing it. Just don't graduate to the person that voice texts. <laughs> in public that's the oh, most annoying no, thing oh my god i'm not I doing know. that or like people that are on their you phones you never know what that thing's gonna say on speaker yes. in public yeah. yes. like they're walking around oh. like this with their phone mm-hmm. in front of them on speaker i'm like you're in a restaurant yeah. put your phone against your <laughs> ear yeah. i don't want to hear your... music just playing music having the phone as a speaker <laughs> is the biggest pain in the ass <laughs> it is. well i just i hate it it's true oh yeah it's like i don't a need lot to of hear people everything do, that's coming out of your they're just like yelling into the speaker phone yeah as if, like, for some reason they prefer to have to yell and get horrible audio. 
I don't. There's no reason to use speakerphone if you're no. just walking around. Yeah, people right. that still to so, this day use Bluetooth. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, even you see him with a little earpiece. Yeah, you're like, do. um, hello. Uh, there's uh, the comedian um, Gus Lynch that passed away uh, a couple years ago. He had a bit about people that use Bluetooth. And he would, before he would start the shows, he'd go over the list of rules in the comedy club. And then he'd go, he's like, if you have... If you're using Bluetooth, you're probably an asshole. Like it's not, it's, like it's not, it's not a rule. It's not a rule of the club. It's just a general observation. Well, that's just how it is. Remember hey. when those things first were around? People were wearing their yes. earpieces, and, and it was yeah. so weird because you didn't really know what it was. I it thought was you like, were mentally ill. Yeah, <laughs> they're walking down the street, yeah, talking yelling. to themselves, and yeah. their hands are going all over the place. You're like, what's wrong right, with that with person? With the phone hey. clipped to the belt. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like the people yeah. that yeah. are most likely to use Bluetooth are the people that like scream at people on the phone, it seems. <laughs> so it's like they're just right. shouting. They're really upset you're like, that they're, they're really yelling? They're upset uh, that their broker didn't get their stocks right. Because yeah. they need to use I mean, both hands. As they pace back and forth yeah. in the <laughs> office. Most it, people use uh, Bluetooth in their cars, I think, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, we're talking about the little earpieces when you're about yeah. town. Yeah. The yeah. secret That's agent earpiece. Yeah. There's a great scene in Curb where Larry's at a restaurant and the guy next to him is on Bluetooth and he's having a conversation. So uh, Larry just starts talking to himself <laughs> louder and louder. And the guy with Bluetooth interrupts him. <laughs> That's great. Oh, I wanted to make a testimony for Michael Bryant. What about him? My brother Daryl is a, is a, an example of people that are never going to pay him but get lots of advice. <laughs> really? Yes. He talks to Michael Bryant all the time. Yeah, there's always a problem with Daryl. Oh, How do Darryl. you know he talks to Michael Bryant? Because I the time? told him to talk to him. Oh, okay. <laughs> now he won't leave him alone. We'll be right back. That's great. That's Daryl's move. Michael may never talk to me again. We'll be right back, Tom Bernard Show. Hi, this is Tom. If you spend any time at the lake, you can relate to the pure joy of hanging out on the dock. You, family, friends, and the calm of the water. If this sounds like heaven, you're going to want a flow dock. Flow docks are rock solid with double bracing to eliminate side-to-side sway. And get this, you can install, level, and remove your flow dock without even getting into the water. You see, Flo's passion to invent a better way to make life easier comes through in every product they make, right down to Flo boat lifts that are quieter, faster, and effortless to install and use. Are you starting to see a pattern here? Flo is about making things easy, meaning you have more time to enjoy being at the lake. Isn't that why you go there in the first place? See for yourself why they say they've been perfecting leisure time since 1983. See them at F-L-O-E-I-N-T-L dot com, Flow Docks and Lifts. A better way. It's Tom telling you how easy it's been for me to lose weight on the Nutramost weight loss plan. I've started up another round at the new Nutramost Plymouth location, and those unwanted pounds are going fast. I've lost over 34 pounds. Nutramost is so easy, and they guarantee that you lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. There's no exercise, shots, drugs, prepackaged food, and I'm never hungry. Nutramost has helped me change my life, and I know they can help you too. Nutramost of Plymouth is hosting a second free informational dinner. Learn how to have success losing weight just like me. Neil Sheehy, Nutramost client and owner who played nine years in the NHL and is an agent to some of the NHL's current top players will be at the dinner, and so will I, actually. It's Monday, April 30th, 6 p.m. at Jake City Grill in Plymouth, located around the corner from Nutramost, just off Highway 55 and 494. Space is limited. Call 763-333-7337 to register. That's 763-333-7337. And she was lying in the 
back, ladies and gentlemen. You know that story I read about the 13, 13, and 14-year-olds that saved a 21-year-old guy from hanging himself? Yes. And you know that Catherine was reading comments about the Hall of Fame thing uh, from the Pavic Museum and... That is great, though, that some people defended me. That was very yeah, nice. Yeah, very nice. But uh, there are a couple of comments on that story of the 13, 13, and 14-year-old boy saving that 21-year-old's life. Here are a couple of them. Too bad the guy was hit by a bus on the way home. I think what? that's a joke. It is a joke. Uh-huh. But Hilarious funny. joke. <clears throat> now, here's a comment that's a lot like, I heard him say it. See, the liberals are right when they say they need to be more like the British. They should all be trying to hang themselves. Oh, jeez. Oh Why are people so angry? I don't know. Why are people so mean now? Oh, my. See, we never, we never knew this when I was a kid. We didn't have things like, you know, social media and comments. You were never allowed to comment on a story unless you wrote a letter to the editor. Uh, you had to actually make uh, an effort. To comment in the newspaper, I still don't don't understand why why newspapers allow comments on their stories. Why do they? Um, I, they don't always, and a lot of places have taken them off. Or oh, they have they yeah, started a lot taking of, more. Yeah, a lot of them just don't have comments anymore. But um, probably just so that they can get people more interested in the newspaper. Because I mean, if if you're one of these people, it's going to make a derogatory yeah. comment about every single thing. Then you need that newspaper every day to do that. Right. Well, then, it just amazes me that you, you want to go out of your way to make negative comments about everything, and you're not in radio. So anyway, <laughs> what? What? Oh, what were you going to say, Tevin? Oh, I was going to say, and then two with the comments section. Then if it gets bad enough where the comments are outrageous, then people are going there just to see the comment section, and so it's going to drive right. traffic up on the site as well for newspapers. Or they go to just read the com- The comments are never nice. They're always negative. You go to just read the comments all the time. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I do. Mom does. I don't. I don't ever read the paper unless Dad's getting roasted. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Gee, thanks, <laughs> I mean, What's the point? Why bother? <laughs> I've heard every conversation in every permutation possible, and it's just boring to me at this point. Yeah, it is pretty boring. It's like there's nothing new that anyone says on the Internet anymore. Well, no, that is very true. That is very, very true. There's nothing new on the Internet. Why bother? I think one of the reasons why people are so hateful and spiteful right now is I think it's like a a justification of their belief. Yeah, I I suppose that's true. They're defending their belief system all the time, they think. That's true. Yeah. China's plummeting space station crashed to Earth late Sunday without harming any Earthlings. The Yay. country's space agency says the Tiangong-1 burned up on re-entry and the remaining debris fell into the southern Pacific Ocean because they kept saying it was going to hit the United yeah, States. Yeah, they did. So I don't really understand that. Uh, the U.S. military's Joint Force Space Component Command confirmed the fate of the 34-foot space station, which was launched in 2011. It did exactly what it was expected to do. The predictions, at least the past 24 hours ones, were on spot on. No, they weren't. It just literally said last night that it could hit the Earth. So, it did hit the did. Earth. Oh, yeah. no, I mean, it could hit the United States. I'm sorry. Oh. Yeah, that it that that it, that it probably would hit somewhere in the United States. Uh, as expected, it fell somewhere empty and did no damage. Jonathan McDowell at the Harvard-Smithsonian Center for Astrophysics tells CNN, China told the United States in 2017 the space lab had ceased functioning, 
Space experts in other countries said it appeared an uncontrolled reentry was inevitable, though China denied it had lost control of the spacecraft. I just love that about China, and I suppose we do the same thing with the United from the United States too. No, we're uh, we got control. Everything is good. Don't worry about it. What I don't understand is when you've got all this stuff floating around there, out in space. Why can't, why don't they have to tow it back and make sure it gets destroyed somehow before it does hurt somebody? Because they don't really know what's going to happen once it goes into the atmosphere. Well, and burn, some of it burns up and some of it doesn't. They don't know where it's going to go. They're supposed to uh, burn it up to a graveyard orbit, but, you know, you can't really trust China to do that, I guess. All right, tell me if you think this is funny. Now, it was a Chinese space station right. that fell to the Earth and fell into the ocean. Right. Uncle John posts, and within an hour, the Earth was hungry again. <laughs> <laughs> I am so upset by that comment. Why do people say that about Chinese food? Chinese food is very filling. I don't know. I ate Chinese yeah, food, I, and an hour later, I was hungry again. I've what? never had that thing. I haven't either. Is any, have you guys ever had that? You ate Chinese food, and you were hungry an hour later? No, if you're doing it right, you'll get full. If I eat anything, I'm hungry an hour later. So. Oh, really? You always get hungry an hour later? <laughs> I anyway. literally, well, yeah. I don't think I've ever been full for more than an hour of my life. I don't know why that is. I don't know. Why always, is that? I'm always hungry. I don't know. She's been like that since she was tiny. Yeah. Are you very active? Do you, you don't know the answer to that question? <laughs> well, no, I don't hang out with you every hour a toddler. of every day. <laughs> There's not a lot of sitting around right. when you have a toddler. And I also like I, have run a bunch of races and done duathlons, and I am always talking about how I'm going to the gym. So I think you can assume that I imagine. Yeah, I His suppose. listening skills are pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is an odd... There we go. <laughs> Case in point. <laughs> hey, my job is to find new stories to talk about. That's all I have to say. It's my job. Wow. Anyway. Busted. Uh, this is odd, though. Is this it? is from Us Magazine. <laughs> Most shocking celebrity deaths of all time. Okay. Yeah. Most shocking celebrity deaths of all time. Mark Soling, the Glee alum, died at age 35 on January 30th, 2017. The LAPD confirmed to Us Weekly that he passed away from an apparent suicide just three months after pleading guilty to possession of child pornography. It's what is shocking yeah. about that? And how is that surprising? The least shocking. I feel like that's kind, kind of how of that suicide. story always pans out. Yep. Like, I don't know. yeah. <laughs> Not shocking. No. I don't really understand why the, that would be a shocking death. Don't you think that the fact that he had child porn was the shocking part? Yeah, yeah. that would be the shocking yeah. part to me. But, yeah, I don't really understand why, how they find that to be shocking. They don't. Uh, it's, the one, it's one of those filler things. It's a filler thing. Well, the guy, the guy was going to prison. <laughs> wow, Mom. Cool. I mean, you do know that. The guy filler was, story, that's it. The guy was going to prison, so he killed himself. Yeah, That's that happens what quite it is, often. Right? I saying, and maybe yeah, they're so saying it's shocking because he was on Glee, which was more of like a family show, and then yeah. like, oh, the star. Oh, was... it was. Yeah, Glee was like a yeah. sing-along. Yeah. Show high school show. Oh, I didn't know that. What's it called? Glee Club. Huh? Glee Club. <laughs> What's that club called? <laughs> See, yeah, I couldn't Glee, think of story. Like Glee, but it's a club. I don't know yeah. what it was. Good they God. Sing, they dance. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of the name of it. <laughs> I should probably Google it. 
Not too many. <laughs> not too many schools have Glee clubs. I don't think. I think they're they coming back to. since Glee Same, happened. Like, yeah, uh, like the Pitch Perfect. I'm sure they and are. Stuff. Yeah, and now there's another yeah. show about like basically a Glee club that Ted from How I Met Your Mother is in. It's basically oh. just looks like Glee. I don't know. Aren't there like eight Pitch Perfects? There are three of them. Mm, there are a lot of them. I and know three, 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 three was the last one. They're not I don't making know why anymore. it is, but oh. I, I never watched How I Met Your Mother, but I heard it was a really good show. I loved it. Yeah. I watched when I was sick with Fawn, bedridden. I watched the entire thing on Netflix, oh, you did. and I really I tried, liked it. Didn't really. No, didn't love it. Yeah, but they fumbled the ending. The way they oh, concluded the that was show terrible. was just yeah. horrible. Uh, well, how'd they end? It? I do know everyone hated the ending. <laughs> like, it's like what the Sopranos, How I the, Met Your Mother. Everybody yeah, hates the exactly. ending. I don't read. I don't even know what it is. I just know everyone. Hated Wasn't it, it like like the, in like Lost? Everyone yeah, hated Lost. The everybody hated the ending of Lost. Yep. Sopranos, worst ending ever. Exactly. No, the worst ending ever was Seinfeld. Seinfeld was a terrible. Yeah, ending. that one was. I don't bad. even know. Single episode what? of Seinfeld. Yeah. You didn't. Nope. They uh, got found guilty it. of a law that doesn't really exist. Oh yeah, the, because they didn't help someone who was getting robbed or something. The and, good citizens law or something like that. Yeah, yeah, which isn't really a real law, but whatever. So they went to jail, and then that was it. They went to jail. Sopranos was, was the worst ending of all time, though. The Sopranos ending sucked. Didn't they just like forget to put the rest of the episode on? No, no they, they, and that's the ending. That's what everybody <laughs> put thought. It on. Just, yeah, that's what everybody thought. Was like, that's, Whoa! that's very. <laughs> That's it. This is it. That's it. No, I yeah, I he they were all sitting in a diner and then a guy walked in and that was it. Yep. Did you ever did you hear the gunshots? I can't remember. No. Were there I gunshots? I don't think so. No. I think it just There cut were the no black. gunshots. So it was just he cut the black and that was it. Yeah. But it's funny cuz somebody made the the reference to whatever David Chase that the way it ended uh, because you remember Meadow is late and she's trying to parallel park and she t- right, it takes her right. takes her three times and that was supposed to be I guess the three attempts or the guy coming in at the end was the third attempt on Tony's life like he's going to take him out because you know there was the one right in season one when somebody tried to take him out and then there was when Junior shot him. That show was very funny. I'm sorry, but it was one of the funniest shows ever on television. The stuff that they would say to each other. <laughs> Come on over here, you fat bastard, you beached whale. That's <laughs> really nice. Really nice. And then he gets in an argument with an acidic Jew. He yeah. calls him ZZ Top. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that show was wonderful. Catherine hated it. Uh, yeah, I did. She just had, well, what would happen is... Not a mob lover. We used to get together, like, Louie, Nanny, and his family, would, we would get together and watch The Sopranos, and Catherine would make dinner. <laughs> I don't even know if I can say in front of Alex what you said one time. I'll wait till next hour when Alex is not around to say what you said. What? This is all a lie. You were making, right dinner. <laughs> you were making dinner during a Sopranos episode. <sighs> I can, I'll, I'll do the shortened version. Oh, okay. So there was always a ton of swearing on The Sopranos. And back in those days, our kitchen was right behind the TV room. And then there was a little dining area you know, next to that. The breakfast nook. Yeah, the breakfast nook. So Catherine's in the kitchen, which is an open kitchen. It was a bar that would lead to the TV room. So she was standing 
20 feet from us, 25 feet from us, and she could watch the show and hear the show and all the rest of it. So the episode's coming to an end. Catherine goes, dinner's ready, you F and C Sers. Because I had just heard that. Yeah. They're on there watching this, and there's just all these curses coming from the room. I'm like, okay. Oh, my God. That was really nice, honey. Really a nice comment right there. Just trying to fit in. <laughs> I'll never forget that. Louie Nanny looked at her like, what is wrong? <laughs> what are you, lost your mind, or what is the problem here? It's supposed to be funny. It was funny. It was very, very good. It actually good. did happen. You didn't even tell a lie that time. What did happen? I actually did say that I remember saying that. What? I remember saying that. The story you just told. Keep up, Tom. I Pay know, attention. That is actually true. You just said I didn't. I didn't even that say you why. didn't lie. I said lie. Oh, lie! I thought, oh, there okay. we go. Hearing aid. Yeah. Oh, look at this, Candace. <laughs> Candace sent this Jesus to me. It's me holding on to Fawny River. Aww. She was a little, little tiny baby then. Super Candace. ADD today, man. Candace. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, what is you talking about? What are you talking about? about? <laughs> <laughs> What the hell's wrong with you? They can't people? see your screen. They don't know that you're scrolling through your email, Tom. I'm just. We got a couple of guests coming up. I got to be on the email when the guest comes up. What's that? What is the problem there? Okay. What? What's the name of the meat market? Let me. What's the name <laughs> what? of the meat market on The Sopranos? Satrials. Satrials. Very good. See, ding, not, ding, ding. not many people know that. You win nothing. Yeah, you win nothing. That is true. That part is true. There's no question about it. <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, <laughs> I just don't understand what is wrong with you people today. I really don't. With us. It's everyone right. else but yeah. me. It's the weather. It's no. It's not me. It's never me. Right. I'm just telling you. I know. It's just how it is. It's how it's always going to be. <laughs> it's you. It's never me. Yeah, you know what I mean? that. that's been established. Oh, by the way, Rocco Mediate is going to be on the show on Wednesday. Rocco hasn't been on for several months because he's been working on his game because he's on the uh, Champions Tour, and he was not happy with his game last year. So Rocco uh, has taken like five months off. Um, but he's going to come on the show on Wednesday and talk about uh, the Masters, which starts this Thursday. Cannot wait, so uh, can't, it'll be nice, the return of Rocco Mediate. Uh, he, he's not going to be on again long-term. He's working on his game, but he will be on on Wednesday to talk about the Masters. Carol Ann Hamilton will join us right after this Tom Bernard Show. I'm here with my real estate agent, Chris Lindahl, and after seeing what he did for me, I asked if he had something that would help our listeners. Chris, what do you got? We have something very special for KQ listeners. April 16th through the 18th, the Chris Lindahl team is hosting our SellerWorkshop.com series, where we're going to teach you how to net between thirty dollars to $60,000 more on your home sale. And the best part is it's absolutely free. So that sounds great, Chris, but what's the catch? Tom, here's what I'll share with you. The number one core value at the Chris Lindahl team is to be generous. I have a teaching degree, and this is my passion to educate homeowners in the Twin Cities 
on how to sell your house the right way so you don't end up leaving tens of thousands of dollars on the table going through the traditional real estate process. So go to sellerworkshop.com for times and locations and to sign up for your free ticket. The seller workshops are happening April 16th through the 18th. Seating is limited and trust me, they sell out fast. Visit sellerworkshop.com or call 763-401-SOLD. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. When you call Sabre for service, you'll get a certified technician that's an expert at diagnosing, repairing, and installing heating and air conditioning equipment. Sabre Techs give you the service you need, not the other stuff that you don't need. When you combine that with Sabre's A rating for customer service and the best equipment from Bryant, you get exactly what you need. So make the call to Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning today. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. love this song. It's This is Fawn's jam. This song used to be huge. Oh, it is? This is Fawn's jam all day, every day. She's like, Alexa, happy! <laughs> Alexa, happy! Says, Honest to God, she goes, Alexa, happy all day? Yep, constantly. Like, she does shouts it, it at her, and I'm like, oh my God. She just wants to listen to it constantly. Does it play constantly. all the time? No, because she doesn't say Alexa clear enough. Oh. One day. Okay. Have you ever had Alexa read bedtime stories? No, it sounds scary. Okay, because I was yeah, saying, I've heard, I've heard the ads on the radio where it's like, you can have Alexa read you a bedtime story, and then the, the uh, robot voice comes yeah. over. That sounds terrifying. No, that, that sounds really creepy. No, thank you. The three bears. I don't think a kid would know the difference. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, Carol Ann Hamilton, our special guest. How are you doing, Carol Ann? Well, I'm great, Tom, and thanks so much for having me. Andy, what are you doing? The volume is all over the place, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> I know, but is she there still? She's there. All right, Carol. I'm here. Oh, good, you are there. We just wanted to make sure Dandy was trying to get your, your volume properly set, and I think it is now. So and what were you saying, Carol Ann? I was saying I'm so thrilled to be on with you, Tom, and your valued audience this afternoon. Well, tonight it's a real pleasure to have you on the show, as a matter of fact. Uh, she's talking about the book, Coping with Uncopable Parents, Loving Action for Elder Care. Do you meet unquantifiable resistance and merely hinting it's time your headstrong parents leave their decades-old residence? God, that, that's got to be a tough road to hoe right there. Good. See, my mother, my father was gone by the time I was 10 years old, but my mother, for some reason, my mother moved all the time. Like, when I was a kid... Well, until I was about 25 years old, I guess. We lived in 43 different houses. So, I mean, think about that. We moved to about every six months. And my mother, throughout her life until she died, she was uh, almost 88 years old, she she moved what? My mother moved at least once a year, didn't she? Uh, for a long time, she did move a lot. She yeah. did. She stayed I mean, in that Caroline, one place for bizarre. a long time. Though. Yeah, she did. Which one? Her last apartment. Yeah. She was With Dot. Far. Well, that's because she couldn't move. She was too old. She she couldn't move then. That's that was I, the whole problem. I thought you just nobody would help her anymore. No. <laughs> what do you mean? You, you have would to stay help here. You have to stay in one place, Mom. Yeah, you need to stay in one place. <laughs> stay someplace. So, Caroline, tell me what this is all about. This has got to be very, very tough. Where your where your parents don't want to be, uh, you know, taken care of, put in a in a an elder care situation. What do you do about that? Well, yeah, you know. No kidding, Tom, and everybody who's listening right now, 
I know because I've looked you up a little bit that you also have a checkered history, <coughs> excuse me, especially with your father. And so you know what you went through growing up right. uh, where a mom brought you up. And I have two parents. I'm an only child, but still, although they've passed away, I'm here on a mission to help those who have suffered at the hands of any aging parents experiencing addictions, uh, bad behaviors, you name it. And I'm standing for all of us who are in the sandwich generation trying to cope with these very difficult elders. You know, Caroline, it's interesting because your mother and my father had the same uh, uh, ailment, I guess is best to call it there. Uh, my father was schizophrenic as well. That's very, very difficult to deal with. Now, did your parents stay together the entire time? You know what they did? Because they had some kind of soul contract that only they can understand. Both have passed away since. And somehow they stayed together. It's a mixed blessing that they did. Uh, I can find the benefits that they did, but I also find the downsides. And, Tom, I say to you with my heart and soul, because I also listened to your interview on Friday of last week, I think it was, with Kristen Casey. Oh, yeah. and uh, And how you, you know, you yourself have dealt with angry situations in your life. Yeah. I also have. I want you to know that personally. And so... Yeah, unless somebody has traveled our footsteps, they might not understand, and I've had people really beat me up on social media for my stance, but I'm here to champion those who have difficult aging parents or otherwise. Well, what's interesting about that as well is is that, uh, you know, you with an alcoholic father and a mother who battled paranoid schizophrenia, my father was schizophrenic my mother was a nervous wreck her entire life and we moved constantly and i was just talking to Catherine. we were watching an episode of will and grace where they're thinking about uh uh robert klein plays her father and they're talking about selling his house and hey that that's where you know they're in the kitchen going my father was standing right there when he said this and my mother was over there when she said that and I got kind of angry at that, and I, you know, a lot of my anger comes from that, is I don't have one memory of any special place, any special house we lived in where something wonderful happened, because we moved so much. I don't have any of those lasting memories of, of living with my parents in one place, and that really does anger me. There's a, you, know, you and I, because we had a, a schizophrenic parent, we got uh, screwed out of a lot of good parts of life, don't you think? What I think is that we got screwed out of a childhood. Right. We got screwed out of being a child when we were a child. You moved a lot. I did not move a lot. Either way, we had to grow up in a hurry. And, you know, thank goodness for Catherine in your life. Thank goodness for Derek, my husband, in mm-hmm. my life. Right. Because without those partners and friends that surround us, who understand, it would be very difficult to explain. But either way, I think the, you know, the position with which we start 
about when they age, and that's what we're talking about, coping with uncopable parents, is absolutely understandable unless somebody has not traveled in our shoes, in which case they vilify us. Yeah, they, they don't understand that at all. They think you're the bad guy or you're the bad woman that you just can't handle it and you couldn't handle the truth. They don't really understand what that's like to constantly be on the move and you couldn't count on... My, mo- my mother was always gone because she was working. My father was just gone. They don't understand what that's like. They really don't. And and I really didn't understand it was like until I got much older and realized that's exactly what you said that I got screwed out of a childhood. Uh, I'm not. It's not to say I was miserable the whole time I was a child, but I didn't have that. Hey, Dad, what do you think I should do? If I if I was able one time to go to my father and say, Hey, Dad, what do you think I should do? It would have been wonderful. But I was never able to do that. And I'm sure you couldn't really go to your mother and say, Hey, Mom, what does it mean to be a teenage girl, what does it mean to be a young woman? Uh, as a paranoid schizophrenic, she probably didn't have many answers for you, I would think. And no, neither your father nor my mother had a lot of answers because they didn't ever get us nope. during the entire time that they were alive. But you had a mother and I had a father, mm-hmm. although they had their own, you know, foibles. Uh, we could go to them because mine is absolutely a journey from desperation when they started to age all over again, and that was a nightmare, through to hope because my dad actually did provide, despite his earlier battles with alcoholism, Mm -hmm. he had fought those demons, and at the time that he passed away, he had set aside those demons. He was not drinking for at least three decades. So can I say that I had a conversation and more with him about how difficult it was growing up? Right. Yes. And even if I had not, I would have come to understand via our last dialogues that the man was in his own, I don't know what, journey with my mother and with me, as a wanted child, to kind of live his life, and he did take ownership as much as he was able. So I think children like us and those who are listening with us right now, Tom, might find hope or solace in just what little tidbits they were able to provide, if that makes sense. It does make it makes complete sense, as a matter of fact. Carolyn has discovered and tested 12 innovative keys to coping, as a matter of fact. So, how, I mean, obviously we can't go through the entire 12. There are a couple of them that are very, very important to you. I, I'm sure all 12 are, but a couple that you could mention to the listening audience. Mm-hmm. I can. Uh, one of those is my best tip, which I call Q-tip. I know we think it's a device for cleaning ears, but it's actually standing for me. Quit taking it personally. And when we yeah, and when we can view the elders' naughty or cranky behaviors, because they're going to demonstrate them, no matter how culpable or unculpable they are, if we can just see where they're close to passing away, they might be scared. They're entering another realm that they don't know about, nor do we. And so, if we can Q-tip, that will help us a lot. That's on our mindset. The other tip is to. 
on a practical sense, clarify everything. Because as they age, they're going to be about as sneaky as a teenager climbing down the garden trellis on a curfew. (laughs) And so you can't believe anything that they say. You need to investigate and discern for yourself what's really going on. Like when my dad claimed to be studying for his driving test, but he was watching sports, and so he failed it, and he was becoming a roadway hazard. I hope a couple of those are helpful to our listeners right now. Well, they're very, very helpful, as a matter of fact. Don't you think that that now, at least in America, probably around the world, but the Q-tip is, is, is a great bit of advice. Everybody takes everything so personally now. Everything's personal now. Oh, you're, I'm uncomfortable, or I feel unsafe, or you're mean to me. Or, uh, why is everyone so touchy now? Yeah, well, if we had an answer to all of that, we'd have the million-dollar <laughs> question, wouldn't we, oh, really? But, uh, but either way, somehow there's to be found not having our hot buttons pushed. So I'm adding an additional tip where how can we not have our triggers activated? Because when we do, whatever annoys us about aging parents, that's what we're talking about here today, Mm -hmm. whatever annoys us is going to get hooked when every single time that we're in interactions with them, like I was with my parents, and that is going to set you off, and you're not going to be able to have a reasoned brain to deal with some really serious issues, like getting them to address paperwork essentials, talk about last will and testament, or getting them off the roadways when they're, when they're uh, you know, driving hazard, or right. uh, getting them to move out of the house when it's really unsafe for them to live there. So we've really got to detach ourselves by maintaining an eye on what's, you know, good or healthy as way as practices for us. That makes total sense. Caroline Hamilton, the book is called Coping with Uncopable Parents, Loving Action for Elder Care. Great advice. It's, it's interesting to talk to someone uh, who's been in your position. And as an only child, it probably was because I was one of seven kids and being an only child it's got to be that much harder I would think because all the all the lack of focus is on you you must have taken that very personally you know what Tom here's what I know many people think that the only has an extra burden and I can see where that is yet in any family no matter how many the number of siblings there's always one one who has been the responsible one growing up. One may not be even around the corner from the parents. They may live on the other side of the world. doesn't matter. They're always the kid who was ultra-reliable, and the parents turn to them first when they age. So whether you have brothers or sisters or you don't, it's really a grueling chapter of life, and I want people to know that caregivers of any aging parents have a 63% higher death rate than their peers who don't carry those responsibilities. That's why we need to take care of ourselves first and foremost, no matter how many brothers or sisters we have. Caroline, your book is available everywhere? It's available especially at 
my website, copingwithuncopableparents.com, and I'd love people to hop on to get my free elder care rescue guide of tips to get through this grueling chapter of life really immediately. Wonderful. Carolina Hamilton, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much, Tom, for having me on. Our, our pleasure. We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show.